Hello, welcome to Love Talk. Love Talk for everyday people. I am your host, Tracy J. Hines, author of the book Love Addiction, a book of love poems. With me today are my girls, Leslie Lee and Terry Saleh. Hello, ladies. Hey, or listening audience, this is Leslie Lee coming back again with that black girl magic. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about love. This is Terry. Thank you for joining us tonight. Tonight's topic is about love languages. Everybody knows that there's language and love. There's five of them, as a matter of fact. The five different love languages are words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, act of service, and physical touch. And I don't know about you guys, but I think knowing these languages will help you develop a better relationship. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to Leslie, and I said, oh, this is nonsense. I don't believe in this love language and stuff. I have my own language, and I do my own talk. And Leslie was like, oh, please, you don't even know what you're talking about. These languages are real. And recently, I took one of these love languages tests, and I was pleasantly surprised at what my love language is. My love language is quality time. Leslie, you know yours? Yes, my love language is... Wait a minute. I had it written down. Where's my piece of paper? My love language is words of affirmation. I need you to tell me you love me. I need you to tell me how you're going to love me. That's my, that's my love language. I need to hear it. And Terry? Um, it's been a while since I took the actual test. Uh, I would say, though, from memory, I think it was gift. However, I am a little like Leslie, though. I think words, um, sexy talk, uh, certain things you can say, hey, baby, hey, sweetie, I think that is also a love language for me. But I like gifts and, you know, the, the cute talk. Yeah, after the quality time thing is... Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to say, after you, tell me, after you tell me how you love me and... How are you going to love me? The next thing on my list was physical touch. I need your words to match up with your rhetoric. So don't be talking all that crap, and then all of a sudden you <laughs> see me, it's like nothing. I need your words to match up with your rhetoric. So my next high, my next list on the list was the physical touch. I'm quality and time, I- words of affirmation, and then physical touch, which was surprising because I'm a physical person. I really and truly believe that physical touch was my number one you know, love language, but it's not. But it's not, so I need you to spend time with me. I don't care what we're doing as long as we're just doing it together. That's what I need, according to this love language. And it's funny because, you know, a lot of men, a lot of men, they say, you know, their love language is is definitely physical touch, you know, know, being able to touch. Um, So it's, it's funny because a lot of the women is just, oh, give me kids, oh, talk to me the right way. And then on the men's side, it's, you know, forget all that other stuff. Let's just get down to the touching. Yeah, but I think there's some guys out there that, I think there's some guys out there that want to have that, you know, quality time and words of affirmation. There's guys that need to hear from their woman that they're proud of them and then they, they, they respect them and they love what they're doing and all of that stuff. There's guys out there that want mm-hmm. that. The physical touch is yeah. the obvious one, yeah. but yeah. I'm sure there's yeah, those words of affirmation. Yeah. You definitely got to stroke the ego. You got to stroke the ego. That's something I found that's very important. That's, you know, gifts are nice and everything, but at some point, like, if you... Not, if you're not hitting on, like, every time you turn around and you're giving me a gift about something, like, what does that mean after a while? Like, where, where, where's the specialness behind a gift? Like, I need, I need my gift to be spontaneous. I don't need to come, like, every week you're bringing me something. Like, please stop. Please stop. I, I, I'll take care of my I own I, buying. I would, I would beg mm. to differ. I think I can work with that. <laughs> the gift was very low on my list. Very low on my list. The quality time was big. And I'm going to need those words of affirmation. Go, girl. You're doing good. You look nice. Mm-hmm. I feel uh, that dress. I look good on you. I need that. Yeah, you know, a diamond ring today, fur coat tomorrow, <laughs> a Maserati the next week. I think I can work with that. I think that. And that will make everything that. perfect, right, Terry? <laughs> That's a lot of love to me. Mm. You know, I, I, know. I thought about it. I know that, that we didn't have a 
discussion about what we're going to actually talk about tonight, but we had a basic idea. And what came to my mind is that along with the love languages, I always think about like the Maslow hierarchy of needs and where I fall on the pyramid. And that has a whole lot to do with how I fall in the bedroom because you got the same five levels in the Maslow hierarchy of needs. And if you're down at the bottom somewhere struggling with some of those things, and as a couple or as a person, you haven't achieved those things. It's hard to be all around and be this sex kitten if you're still on the physiological needs and you're still struggling for food, water, and sleep, and 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 you know just having your basic needs secure. It's hard to come to that place in the bedroom where you're ready to be all you can be when during the day you've been discussing bills and how the money doesn't match up with the the amount of bills you have or things that are going on in your work life or your kid's life. or It's hard to come to, to the bedroom and be this sex kitten after y'all done been hashing it out all day. Like, how are you going to fix those things? Yeah, I, I can I can relate to that. Let's just say bottom on the list. So when it comes to physical touch, ladies, what kind of physical touch are we talking about? Physical touch, is it just all about, you know, I need to get in there, or do you need to hold hands, do you need a kiss on the cheek, do you want somebody to stroke your head? What kind of physical touch are we talking about? It could be anything. all of the above. I mean, you know, when you see each other, when you kiss, when you see each other, is there a hug, is there a look, you know, when you see each other, is just the stroke of the, you know the shoulder on the leg, you know, something that shows, you know, I even want to touch you. I'm interested in touching you. I'm interested in holding your hand. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, then that's, for that's, me, if you're making love to my mind all day, it reaches my heart, and then it prompts other things to happen. So the physical touch can be anything, and it has to be sincere for me. It has to be, like, like I don't know, i I've been in my relationship for many years. I know the difference. I know when you're patronizing me, and I know when you're you're really serious about this. Don't patronize right. me. And I get. I in think trouble, we all have that gift honest. as women. We know. And I get in trouble. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be honest because you know, for my husband, it's definitely touched, and so he wants me to give him a pedicure. He wants me to touch his feet, and I'm gonna be honest. I don't do it. <laughs> you don't, Terry. You don't do it. You don't do it. You're not into that physical. I can't do it. I'm sorry. I'll give you a manicure, but I can't do the pedicure. I'm sorry. And I just, I get in trouble. My girlfriend's like, how come you can't touch his feet? I can't do it. I don't think Girl, I have a problem Get him a gift card. Get him a gift card. I'm going to physical touch you through a gift card. Here you go, baby. Love you. I do. That's what happens. That's what that's what ends up happening. We'll go to the, the nail salon together. And so mm-hmm. that way somebody else can touch his feet. I'm getting my feet done. You get your feet done. And, you know, and we can hold hands, works. right? Right. Just right. Say that. <laughs> Sit close enough to him. Y'all can hold hands. <laughs> <laughs> I'm touching you physically. <laughs> All right. So the other one we have is, is acts of service. Now, what, what kind of service are we talking about? What, what kind of service? Because I can think of a lot of different things that fall under acts of service. We're talking about vacuuming, washing dishes, you know, putting gas in my car. What, what are we talking about on acts of service? Well, you know, fixing his mm-hmm. dinner, you know, bringing him a plate of food. That's definitely a winner. I know that's for years, that's Joey's biggest that's the number one on his list. My husband likes that acts of service. He likes to know that everything has a place and it's in it. He doesn't want to come home to dirty dishes. He doesn't want to come home knowing that there was clothes in the, in, the, in the dryer that I didn't fold up. He doesn't want to know that I didn't empty the water out of the dehumidifier. Like, all those things for him are his <laughs> acts of service, and he needs them done so that he can move on to the next part of our life. And I had to learn that the hard way because we used to fight a lot about that. Like, I don't give a damn about no dirty dishes. Honestly, I don't. <laughs> I'm the Oscar Madison. He's the Felix Unger. I, it is what it is. I know what I know my role in this. I'm a little messy. You know your role. Acts of service, messy. I think it's all of that. It's housework. It's, you know, taking my car and putting gas in it. It's It's all kinds of little things. Little things that you do to let me know that you care about me, you know? Yes, I will bring you food. I will cook for you. I will serve you. I will clean up, and I will do that. 
for my guy. I will definitely do that. But every once in a while, it's nice to have that done for you, too. So that's well, a good point. You're not getting that. If you don't get it, do you have to speak it? Do you have to tell him that you want him to fill up your gas tank uh, and do all the things that you that you consider act of service? Or are you assuming that he's going to do it? And when you don't get it, then what do you do? How do, how do you communicate I, what you want? I don't think you need to say this is what I need you to do on those kind of levels. I think if you're talking on other levels, the acts of service, if that's my love language, I will communicate that, and then those things will come into play. That's what that's what I think. I, I don't know. I think yeah. I think if it's an, uh, important to you and it is one of your top three, so to speak, needs or love languages, you'll communicate it. But for some people, it's not a big deal. You know, I that is not active service is not as as important to me as some of the other ones. So if Rob fills my gas tank up, I'm not all that excited. That does. That's not one of my top three love languages. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, thanks for the gas, Chris. All right, another one, another one is receiving gifts. Now, Terry, I would like you to speak to this because I think you touched on this a little bit. What are those gifts you mentioned earlier, Terry? Oh, you know, the normal things, diamonds, furs, cars, you know. The, the little things. Yeah. That fell way low on my list, the gifts. I don't know. I just, <laughs> it was the last one on my list. I, I'm not, it doesn't thrill me. You can go out and buy me all of this stuff, but I want to see something other than a gift because I think the gift giving is the easy part. It's easy to go to the store and spend $100, 200 $300 and say, hey, baby, I brought this for you. No, you didn't. The girl at the store picked that out. You told her what my size was and all of that. I don't know. And That's even, what I think And about. it doesn't have to be anything expensive. It could be just something for me, like, you know, my favorite flower. So go out every once in a while and buy me, you know, a bouquet of my favorite flower. Or it could be something as small as, oh, I noticed that your um, your phone had a cracked screen or something or whatever. Let me go out and buy you a new phone. Or, you know, See, the little things phone. I think I would appreciate more than the big things. I would appreciate the little things more than the Yeah, and to me, those are gifts. You know, you you thought about Mm -hmm. something that I needed or you knew that I liked certain things. You noticed that my slippers are starting to fall apart. You went out and you bought me some new slippers. It doesn't have to be big things. I was kind of joking with the big things, although they are nice. But, um, (laughs) yeah, those little gifts, yeah, that is, to me, a love language that I appreciate. Hmm. I and um, I get gifts. Like, my husband's good about that. I get a lot of gifts. He's very good about that. I always joke about. It. I'm like, man, if he was rich, there wouldn't be nothing I couldn't get. Cause he is good. <laughs> he would give me the moon. And then sometimes it's like, I don't need this. Don't buy that. I'm good. Like you talk about the cracked phone. Like I don't need the iPhone seven. I don't even know what the hell to do with the six. So I definitely don't need the seven. <laughs> but he's good about that. He'll you. He, he 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 will give me whatever he will give me the moon, and I I would take it from him if we had the moon to to give I and I, I would, but it's not high on my priority list. And then sometimes I'm I'll be honest I don't appreciate some of this stuff because it's like I don't think I even need it. I don't need that. It's that you want me to have it, but I don't necessarily need that. Right. Right. Another one is quality time. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. I could sit on the couch with you on the opposite end of the couch and watch movies. Actually, I did that today. And that's great for me. That's quality time. I could do that over and over and over again. I can go out to dinner. I can just, as long as we're in the same space, I'm happy. That's, that works for me. And, and no matter what it is that we're doing, even if it's nothing, I'm good. We're in the same space. No, I was going to say, I think quality time is key for any relationship, although it may not rise to the top as one of your uh, top love languages. I think it's very hard to have a great relationship if you're not spending time together. I know that where I am now, the place that I'm in my life, quality time is real important because we don't get a lot of a time, a lot of time together, based on our current schedule. So when we are together, mm-hmm. I don't have, we don't have time to argue. Now, when we were younger, oh, that arguing fit in real well. Like I'm getting my argue on, but now I'm like, yeah, who cares about that? 
I'm not going to have Yeah, arguing is overrated. It's definitely overrated. I don't have time for arguing. We definitely Yeah, and and you're right. As you get older, as you get older, you're just more mature, and the stuff that you fight over is just, you don't even think about fighting over that anymore. Stuff that in your 20s would have turned into a knockdown, drag-out fight, it just doesn't happen later. So all those who are listening that are in new relationships, I know it's easy to get caught up in all that little stuff and, you know, want to throw your engagement ring back at somebody over something silly, but telling you as you progress in your relationship and it matures and you're in there, just think about it, you're in there for the long haul, all that stuff is silly after you've been together a while. Yeah, I mean, like, you could ask somebody, why'd you break up with your guy? Because he would not squeeze the toothpaste from the bottom. He only squeezed it from the top. You know, those are the kind of arguments you have early on when you're young and you're kind of silly. But as you get older, like you said, Terry, that's not what we argued about. That's not what uh, is important. Not what we argued about. I'm sure, Leslie, I'm sure it wasn't that simple, but that was just a simple Mm -hmm. example. Mm -hmm. You know, there's some there's some arguments. Mama, <laughs> you see, that's not nice. That's hitting below the belt, girl. I don't you care. Below the belt. I fight. <laughs> Years ago, we used to fight dirty. I don't fight that dirty now because his mama's a little older and a little more frail. But back in the day, everything was on the table. I was back never in a the fighter. Day, oh my gosh! Oh, you know I'm a fighter. I'm like yeah. I told you, I'm soft and pink on the inside, but on the outside. I'm going to war. I will fight you to the death. I will make you think I can kick your ass. And I probably can't even fight. But if it comes out of my mouth, <laughs> you better know. That's why, like, what I'm learning as I get older is, like, I have to be very careful about what I say because I know I can't put it back in my mouth. So I've been in thing. very challenging situations over the last month or so, and I just had to opt to walk away because if I say it out my mouth, I cannot bring it back. And my mouth can yeah. be lethal, and I know it. That's, I, yeah, that's, that's hard. That's part of quality book. time, you know, the way you communicate, the way you talk, what you say to each other when you're with each other. Yeah, that's part of quality time. It's tough. It's not easy. So do you think um, men have more than one love language, or you think they're all about the touch? I know we talked about affirmations from them, but do you think they have other things, like, you know, guys that want gifts and always getting gifts? Yeah, I, I think, think that um, men are across the, the spectrum. They're, they're all, they yeah, I think they're like down them. the I think like we do. Touch is a top one for a lot of them, but I think acts of service is important, um, mm-hmm. showing them, you know, that, especially if you're married to them and you're in a long-term relationship, you know, they want to see acts that um, speak to your level of love. So, and not just acts in the bedroom. Right, right. Can't just be in the bedroom. So if anybody out there has no idea what their love language is or has no idea what love languages are, we have a Facebook page. It's called Love Talk for Everyday People. If you log on there, you will see a link to go and take this quiz that I'm talking about, which will tell you what your love language is. So I kind of think that it's important to know your love language. It's important to know what you want in a relationship and what makes it work for you. So um, take the test. Give it to your partner, your significant other, your husband, your boo, whoever it is that, you know, you want to know what their love language is and, and see what it comes up with. Sometimes you might surprise yourself. You might think you're one thing. It's what happened to me. And you're actually something else. So, um, Leslie, you touched on this a little bit, and I'm going to uh, ask you. So if your significant other is not speaking your language, um, how does that affect um, the bedroom? Um, Just to go back on what we were saying, I think once you identify what your love languages are, you need to verbalize that. Because I think that's where some people, and I can't speak for everybody, but some people struggle in their relationships because they desire something, want something, but they can't convey what it is that they want and they expect somebody to know. And you'll never get somebody's reaction or you'll never get the response that you're looking for if you've never expressed what you want. So 
in, in terms of what you were saying in, in, as far as the bedroom is concerned, if we're not talking the same language or if he's not speaking my love language, it doesn't transcend to anything in the business. It, it's just that simple to me. And if I'm not conveying it, if I'm not, like, letting him know, like, you know what, you're speaking Spanish right now, man, I'm, I'm still speaking English, and we're not hitting on anything, if I don't say it, it will continue to escalate and get worse and worse and worse. So it, to me, I think that it's important to know your language, but it's important to express it because don't expect somebody else to guess or know what it is that you want them, that you want from them. If you're not verbalizing, they're never going to give you what you want. They're thinking, they're, and what happens to me is what I believe that they're thinking that what they do do should be sufficient. So you may be with somebody who thinks that acts of service should be sufficient. You should love what I'm doing for you, whereas you might be a person that needs quality time. If he's giving you, if he's doing acts of service and washing the dishes, but he's not spending time with you, it doesn't transcend into that love relationship that you're looking for because he's not speaking your language and you didn't even articulate what you're looking for. What you're looking for. You didn't so tell him. You didn't tell him. Trying to find the needle in the haystack. Yeah, it's true. you both should take it. If you're in a relationship, you both should take the quiz, and then you both should communicate to the other one what each person's love language is so everybody knows. So everybody knows what you're dealing with, what you need, what I need, and then you can progress in this relationship instead of fighting over toothpaste or over the hard things and talking about your mom and getting like that. Or in, if you spoke it and you said what you need and you're still not getting it, that's a clue. That's a hit. If somebody That's knows that you're on. that type of person, it might not necessarily mean it's time to move on. It might mean it's time to get some help. It might mean that it's time to do something different or to communicate it a different way. But if somebody continuously ignores what you're saying to them and they don't appreciate you coming to them, that's a clue. That's a sign. I'm not trying to make things better and you're not and and, and you're still stuck on what you want to do and it doesn't please me at all. We don't have a relationship. We got ha we have chaos now. Because you're still not listening to me. When you're listening to me and you're doing and saying the things that I need, like I said before, if your actions don't match up with your rhetoric, you got a mess on your hands. And a lot of people sit in that mess thinking like, oh, he's going to figure it out or she's going to change. No, speak it. And when you don't see it, you got to say it again. And then you got to take steps to get some help if, it's, if that's the case. I don't know. I mean, I've never, my husband and I, we've never had therapy. And sometimes I always say we should have, and maybe we should still do that. But there's things that are out there outside of just trying to figure it out on your own. Because sometimes these things are hard. Relationships are hard. And trying to get people to fit into what you want and what you need while they're trying to be their own individual person, it can be very messy, very messy. Terry, you feel the same way? You, you, you got you to communicate everything. You got to tell everything. Yes. You got to say everything. But how yes. do you look the wife say job? To, I was going to say it's the wife's job to know what her husband's love language is, and it's the husband's job to know what his wife's love languages, and both people should be accommodating that love language. I definitely agree with Leslie. Okay. Now, for those of us that aren't married, and you haven't been in this forever, and it's kind of new, how do you communicate that without feeling a little crazy? You know, suppose you're feeling a little shy, or you're not really sure exactly how to say it. You just, you know, how do you do it? What would you, what would you suggest? How long have you been in this relationship? What is your comfort level? Is it truly a relationship? I know people that mm -hmm. walk around with these fictitious, fictitious relationships. I don't have a boyfriend, but he doesn't have a girlfriend. So what, what kind of relationship do you really have? <laughs> <laughs> you might have a boyfriend, but he don't have a girlfriend. So where are you? That is I have a boyfriend, but he doesn't have a girlfriend. Okay. All right. So you got to know what you're dealing with first, and then that will help you. Exactly. Assuming we are in a committed relationship, and that's what I guess Leslie's getting to, if it's a committed mm -hmm. relationship and both people are committed to the relationship, it should be very easy to say, you know, these are the things that I like. You know, maybe you don't call them 
love languages, maybe because you're not at that point, but I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, okay, this is what I like in a relationship. This, you know, this is what makes me happy. You know, this is what, you know, you could do that would make me happy. Communicate. Mm-hmm. Okay. All the time. Listen, and ladies, we're going to take a, a mm-hmm. break here and we'll pick this back up when we come back. When we come back, we're going to get more into the, um, the bedroom conversation. Okay. All right. Welcome back. This is Tracy J. Hines with Love Talk for Everyday People. We're here today with my co-hosts, Leslie Lee and Terry Saleh. First segment, we were talking about the five different love languages. Hey, ladies. Hey. Hey. 
So that was pretty good the first time around, the first segment. The second segment, I'd like to talk about, um, you know, the bedroom and the love languages and how we use these languages to make things more interesting in the bedroom. Um, earlier, Leslie, you had mentioned um, if everything is not going right, then nothing's happening in the bedroom. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah, um, for me, I can't speak for anybody else. For me, I need to know that my basic needs are being met and then some of my other needs need to be met before I can feel that I'm totally engaged. There's a disconnect between what goes on during the day and then what goes on in the bedroom if you're not doing something to make it all come together. If you think by any stretch of the imagination that all day we could be arguing like cats and dogs, talking about bills, talking about the kids, talking about what broke in the house and what needs to be fixed, and then all of a sudden when it's time to rest my head and rest your head at the end of the night, I feel like this passionate being. No, I don't. I'm still back in the kitchen arguing about the dishes, and I might get some sleep on that, but I need... And everything has to fall in line. Like, if you want to make love to me by the end of the day, and it doesn't have to be the end of the day, it could start the day, wherever it starts, those hours preceding that or leading up to that, excuse me, leading up to that, I need to know that you have been totally trying to court me, date me, make love to me, whatever it is, in spite of all of the things that are going on in our life. Because those things are going to happen. The dishes are not going to so get So the foreplay doesn't time. happen five minutes before the action. The foreplay no, is, not at all. is hours not and hours all. and hours before. Not at all. Foreplay for me starts all day, every day, the next day, all week. I need to know that in spite of all the things that come up that life throws at us, that you still want me. And if I don't mm-hmm. feel that, then I don't feel that. It doesn't translate to the bedroom. No, it doesn't. That's just me. What about you, Terry? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think if there are symptoms of stress or problems in the relationship, all of those things, you know, the dirty dishes, the bills piling up, all of that can lead to problems in the bedroom. But then there's the other side of, you know, some people use sex in the bedroom, sex with their, you know, special person to release stress and to forget about all of that stuff going on. So... I know people, you know what, I could be mad at you, but come, let's go take it out on each other in the bedroom. And That's, you know, that's what I thought, people, right? Some people really stress that way, you know, as, as, you know while they're getting it on, you'd be like, I can't take you, but I am it's true. It's true. I would think that. I would think that. Right. If the passion is there for some, if the passion is there, you might not be able to. You might have an argument, but when it comes time to get down to business, you might be able to take care of all your transgressions, all your aggravation, right there in the bed. And then we, after we're done, maybe we won't be as mad as we are with each other. Right. And then no. we can talk about what our languages and what's wrong with the dishes and how come you're not paying nope. the bills and all of that stuff. You know what, some like, people afterwards are like, let me smoke a cigarette, we'll get to these bills later. Nope, <laughs> I am not sleeping with the enemy. Nope, <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> That's oh, not going to happen. Not I don't know, because sometimes, you know, sometimes, like, do you think every time it's, oh, this passionate lovemaking, or is it sometimes just pure sex? I mean, what, if your significant other or your husband, every time y'all, y'all handle your business, is it always lovemaking or is it sometimes just sex? And is there a difference? Oh, I don't know. You know what? Go ahead, Leslie. No, no, what I was going to say is I've been married for 29 years, and it would be a lie for me to say that every time we had sex, was, it was this passionate fireworks and everybody's jumping from the ceiling, sometimes it's whack, okay? Sometimes it's whack. Sometimes I'm not into it. Sometimes he's not into it. You know, but when it's good, it's real good. But sometimes sex is whack. And I think that people yeah, are I saying it's never always that. lovemaking. It's never always lovemaking. There's definitely going to be times where it is just 
straight, you know. I, I look, it's I got five minutes. I got to get out the door. I got to go to work. I got to leave here in five minutes, but let's hurry up and do this right now. Let's do this. Call that love angel, or do you call it, you know, you call that handling a business? I don't know what you call it, but it's it's not this whole romantic fantasy. Sometimes it's just getting it in and you can. I mean, you yeah. know, when I think of what I, I saw a movie last week called Secrets, and what, what, what it came to my mind was, and this is for all these, for all those people out there that have ever been in a situation where infidelity did creep in or whatever the case may be. But what I always think about is that when I'm married to somebody, they get to see the good, the bad, the ugly all day long. When you leave the house and you go to see whomever, she knows you're coming. So she's putting on her pretty panties. Every day I might not wear my pretty panties. Every day when I'm married and it's been 30 years, I do my level best to think about matching up my underwear. But some days it's just not going to happen, just based on the nature of the day. So then when you're in those situations, it's that time when you need to communicate more so than ever. Maybe my husband needs to let me know or whatever that, oh, you think you can, you know, match that up because I think it's sexier. <laughs> or, you know, just let me know something. <laughs> After 30 years, sometimes I don't have all my pretty panties. It's real. I know that's right. I know that's right. Pretty panties are not very comfortable. They may be pretty, but they're not comfortable. <laughs> and I'm not wearing them every day. No. No, not every day. Not every day. I have my favorites, uh, and that's what I wear pretty much every day. The pretty panties, you gotta, it takes time for that. And that's oh, my gosh. When you know that you're getting ready to do the do, do the deed, then you're going to put in that extra effort, and you're going to go do those things that you know makes your man excited, but that's not going to happen every day. No. And, Leslie, I'm going to tell you this. I don't understand the whack thing, okay? I don't get the whack thing. I don't know any whack experiences, but I'm going to leave it there. So let me ask girl, you another question. Pick girl. it up. Say what you're going to say. Pick it up. No. Nope. I'm going to get it and you know, don't expound on it. Say something. Don't I'm leaving it. about that. I don't have whack experiences. That's because she's not married. And, you know, sometimes we just have to put it out there. Sometimes married sex is not the best sex. So, you know, Hmm. maybe Tracy's, you know, getting her groove on because she's not married. You know, you ask a lot of married couples, especially that have been married a long time, they will tell you sometimes married sex is not the best sex. I'm just going to put it out there. But married sex should be the best sex because... In marriage, you should be able to do whatever you want in the bedroom. Right, and lose all inhibitions, right? Right. You should be swinging from the chandeliers. You can hang out from the bedroom window if you want if you're married. You're supposed to be able to do anything that both of you agree to that's comfortable. However, sometimes Mm -hmm. when you're married, it gets stale. It gets uh, predictable. And so that's where maybe Tracy's alluding to, you know, she doesn't have that whack situation where it's like, oh, okay, I know exactly what's going to happen. And uh, it's, you know, 310, I know exactly what's going to happen at 312, and I know exactly what's going to happen at 315, <laughs> you know? So mm-hmm. you do have to spice it up. You, and it's, you know, it's a constant job to make sure you're doing that. And and then, when you're married, let me ask, go ahead, Liz. When you're, you're doing life with somebody, you're literally doing life. So you don't have that luxury of having that freedom, that space, like I won't see him for another week or two or 10 days or whatever. You're doing life. You're seeing this person every day in some cases. And I honestly believe that the reason why my husband and I work is because we have such varying different schedules, so we're not seeing each other all day, every day at the same time. When you're doing life with somebody, you better be prepared to do exactly what those vows say, for better or for worse. And you can make it better, but you got to work hard at making it better. But when it's worse, it's ugly. When you're doing life with somebody, you don't have no other choice but to, you know, figure out how you're going to make it better. That's the hard part. You're constantly working on how to make it better. 
when you're dealing with a, 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 a significant other, a boyfriend or a short-term relationship, that, that sometimes is always the main goal for you getting together is the sex. You're getting together for the sex. But when you're doing life with somebody, you got to deal with a whole bunch of other things. You're doing life. Hmm. Hey, Leslie, this is um, the engineer of Love Talk, people. But I just want to. Hey, Sean. <laughs> I, yeah, I just had to come in and say that sounded like jail. What Leslie was saying. <laughs> right. <laughs> that like I had that that's what I was going to say. I wouldn't look at it as life. I just wouldn't look at it as I'm doing life because that is kind of a negative connotation as if you were in prison. But I think that I understand what you mean, though, that you're going to be with this person for a long period of time. So it's not always going to be, you know, a level 10. Sometimes you're going to have two or threes, but 10 is not always going to be there. But I also think and that... And that's where the love languages help. I think that... Go ahead, Paul, um, what are you I think that... You know, people should um, pay attention to the friendship. And I think within the friendship, mm -hmm. you should understand or start to learn about in that process the love language. But I think people, mm -hmm. what they do is they over, they skip that part or they rush that part out the door when marriage or commitment comes into play. And I think that's where it, 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 it kind of, bends or goes to the left when it when you're in their committed relationship when you build the trust then that's when everything starts to kind of go to the wayside when you when you didn't develop the friendship which should be the foundation i have to agree with that you have to actually like the person you have to like the person that they are and be friends with that person if anything is going to go past the friendship zone and go into a committed relationship. You have to like them and, and like the person who they are and develop a friendship because as you develop friendships, that's when you learn about their likes, their dislikes, their habits, their good habits, their bad habits, and all the other things that you can add toward your, your committed relationship. Thank you, Sean. I think that I know for sure <laughs> yeah. that that's what makes things work with me and my significant other. Mm -hmm. We're friends. I generally like him. We have a good time. We laugh, and we have a good time, and we can be silly together, and we've learned each other over the years. And when I say doing it life, time. That's, that's what I mean. I mean doing life because guess what? You can kill somebody and get less time if you have a successful marriage and you're in it to win it. You could go to jail for less time for murder than a successful marriage, but you've got to work at that successful marriage. So when I say doing life, that's exactly what you're doing. You're doing your everyday life with somebody. And if you take it as a negative connotation, then that's something that you may need to work on. I don't take it as negative. I'm doing life with this person. I'm spending the rest of my life with him. That's my plan. That's my goal. We're going to be doing this life together. All right. Yeah. And you know what I'm thinking of? Go ahead, Sarah. mistake. You have to, you know, in a long-term relationship, you have to stay creative. You've got to, you know, keep thinking of new ways to make this thing sexy, to make this thing interesting, to make this thing lively. All of that is required, especially in the bedroom. I have to agree with that. I have to agree with that. But, you know, I want to just ask a question, put this question out there. You know, um, earlier we talked about if, you know, you're not meeting my love languages, nothing's going on in the bedroom. Sometimes, I mean, when I'm thinking about that now as we're talking, that sounds like a tit-for-tat kind of thing. You know, if, if you don't buy me the, the gifts that I want because that's my love language, then there's nothing that's going to happen in the bedroom. And I don't think it, it, it should work kind of like that. I think the love languages are something that has to be worked on just like the relationship. So I just want to say that for me. You know, I, I don't, if you're not meeting my needs... No, I don't put it out there like that. I can only go based on my experiences. If I know that we are struggling in a place where we need to work on those things and we're not addressing those things, if we are behind in bills, if we got issues with the kids, and we're not addressing those things and working on them at the same time still trying to be passionate and be friends, I'm not in it. I'm not in it. And if I... If I know that I'm about to be put on the street, the last thing I want to do is go put on negligee 
and do anything. I told my husband years ago when we first got married, the ground for divorce for me would be if I ever got my car repossessed or if I ever got put out of my home. Because I don't ever remember those experiences happening to me when I was growing up. My father always had food on the table. The lights was already on. And nobody ever came and said, we're going to repossess your car. So for me, that was ground for divorce because I don't need to feel like I'm in a situation where I can't survive. I need my home to survive. I need my car to survive. So when I can't get those things done and they're, and, and, and they're being threatened, my bedroom is being threatened. I'm not talking about I didn't get a gift. That's, that's nothing. I don't care about stuff like that. I'm talking about basic every day if my no, life I'm not, and my I'm not space saying, is being threatened. I'm, I, 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 I think maybe how that maybe, translates to the bedroom. Maybe um, I didn't properly articulate my, my point. I'm not saying that if I don't get a gift. I'm saying whatever it is that is your language. You know, I don't, I don't think it, it, it should be if, you know, my language is quality time. And just because, you know, this week or last week I didn't get quality time, when my man is ready to um, make love, I can say, you know what, honey, last week we didn't spend three hours together that I need, so therefore you can't have it. I don't think it works like that. And I'm not saying, Les, that you said it works like that. I'm just saying if anybody understood it like that, I don't think it works like that. I think love languages and knowing your, your partner's love language is a work in progress and works hand-in-hand hand with the relationship. And I personally don't think sex should be withheld um, as a way to make your relationship better. I, 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 don't, I don't think that's, that's a way to go. No, again, I, I'm not I agree with that. I think the five yeah. love languages to me are, you know, it's an inspiration. You are yeah. supposed to inspire me to, you know, want to do more because you know what my love language is. So if it's words of affirmation, you're whispering sweet things in my ear, you're calling me the little pet names that I like to hear from you, that is definitely going to inspire me to be what you want in the bedroom. You know, or if it's gifts, you know, you just lay a nice little, you know, piece of laundry across the bed. If you know that's what I like, it's my favorite color, or some perfume that you know that I like. Again, that's inspiring me because you know that's my love language. So that's the way I feel they are. And, yeah, I don't think you should use sex as a tool for uh, retribution or, you know, to get back at somebody. But you know what? For, for real, it does happen. Yeah, yeah, it happens. But, you know, it, again, we can only talk about what we know and what our experiences are and what our feelings are. That's, that's all we mm -hmm, can talk about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's it. Right. I I never use it as a tool or retribution. I'm telling I'm saying that for me, when things are not lining up, everything doesn't line up in my life. That's just me. I can't put aside one part of my life or another part of my life. I'm one person. So if it's bothering me here, then it's bothering me in other places too. So it's not that I'm saying that I use it as a tool and, oh, I'm not getting what I need, so I'm not having sex. I don't do that. That's, that's crazy. But no, no, we're, not saying, we're not saying that you are. Because it's a part of my life that doesn't line up. It's not lining up in other places too. Yeah. I mean, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even, I'm not even I'm at least, for. yeah, I'm not suggesting that at all. I'm just making a statement. You know, just in case there's somebody listening and thinking that that's what I meant when I was talking. I didn't mean that. And the other thing, I think, you know, even if you are in this heated, heated argument or things aren't right and things aren't going well, sometimes that act of lovemaking will, will, will bind you and bring you back to a place where you can kind of forgive whatever you're arguing about and remember that what you're in this for. You know, you actually license people. You're here to... to to have a life together and to build and to do things and to enjoy each other's company. And I think yeah. that that lovemaking is, is important when everything is good, when everything is bad, when everything is eh, so-so. You still need that physical thing to keep you connected. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Yeah, not only to forgive, sometimes it just helps to forget because sometimes it's something really stupid. And mm -hmm. then once mm -hmm. you're, you know, getting it on in the bedroom, you forgot all the stupidity that was going on 15 minutes ago. Exactly. So, exactly. you know, sometimes you just need to fight it out in the bedroom. Nope. Not sleeping with the enemy. 
saying, that's me. I hear you. I hear you. That's, you know, you got to be you. That's all you can be, right, Life? That's all you can be. Yeah. who you are. That's it. You can't be anybody else. Yep. So, ladies, what else can we say about love languages? What else is there to think about or talk about? Does it transcend over into your any other parts of your life other than with your lover? I mean, what about with your friendship? Is it important for your friends oh, yeah. to know what your language yeah. is? Mm-hmm. I definitely think so. I think... I, I just noticed this recently, but I noticed when I'm getting any type of customer service, um, if somebody says to me, okay, hold on, wait a minute, um, sweetie, or, uh, you know, oh, hey, baby, what can I um, get you, you know, I'm at a restaurant. Hey, baby, how, what would you like to drink? I just automatically soften up because they use a, a word that, you know, touches my heart, that little pet word or that love word. So it definitely, definitely crosses over into my interactions with strangers, interactions with coworkers. I think it, it crosses everything. It does. It definitely does. Because you know what? Love is in everything that we do, or at least I believe that it should be in everything that you do. How you interact with strangers, how you interact with people at work. Love is always supposed to be in there. And if it's in there and you kind of treat people well, you're going to get wonderful acts of service towards you. People are going to treat you nicer. And just like you said, Terry, when you go out to eat, when you're out shopping and somebody helps you, you know, you might have an attitude, but as soon as somebody comes to you with a kind word, you're like, oh, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. I, can, mm-hmm. I can take a step back for a second. I can take a step back. I can definitely do that because they just I calmed can, it down a little bit. I can I say that lately... I've realized that I have some very near and dear friends in my life. And how I know that is that something really good just happened for me in my life. And a few people showed it with an expression of a gift. And I sometimes forget that act of giving to my friends. And I notice that I have people that have given me things and I'm like, oh, my God, that was the last thing that I expected. So it's teaching me to, I need to start to be better at giving gifts. I'm not a good gift giver. I know that. Because sometimes I feel like I don't know what somebody likes. So I'd rather just give you a gift card. You figure it out. You do your thing. But sometimes it's that whole act of taking the time to figure out what this person may like. And hopefully you come up with something that's really good and they can appreciate it. But I've noticed lately that I've got to get on my gift-giving game. I've got to get better at it because I know people that really appreciate me, and I appreciate them as well. But I notice that I don't do the same things that they do, and I'm not doing it for a tip-for-tap thing. I just want to be that person that people can say, oh, wow, she really appreciated me. And if it was through a gift, then they know that. I mean, I could say it all day long, but to some people, those ladies that I know that gave me outstanding gifts, and they were really nice gifts. I really appreciate them. It made me feel good. It made me feel real good. Hmm. That's interesting. So you have different languages for your significant other and different languages for the friends and the other people in your life. Because it sounds like the gift-giving is, is high on your list. It's not on my list of something that I do. I need to make right, it the gift higher on my did receive, The gifts you did receive, you really did appreciate them. They did touch your heart. So oh, definitely. I think you do, do yeah. um, have some little bit of appreciating gifts in you. Yeah. It did touch my heart. It really did. I was yeah. surprised, if nothing else. I was very surprised and thankful. Mm-hmm. Well, ladies, I think it's almost time to wrap the show up. So this is pretty interesting today. Pretty interesting. I mean, I learned a lot. I think I learned a lot about both of you. Um, I hope. Um, <laughs> I'm still not meeting with the enemy. Know that. You, you're not, huh, Leslie? No chance? No, no chance at all, huh? Not at all. Um, I, I, I came across something this week, and um, I want to read something that um, this guy that I work with sent me, and I thought it was quite interesting and befitting. Um, So let me just read this. It says, 
we need to stop looking to politicians to make our world better. Politicians don't make the world a better place. Everything that's ever made the world a better place has come from inventors, engineers, scientists, teachers, artists, builders, philosophers, healers, and people that choose love over hate. I thought that was wonderful. And I thought it was distinct for the time that we're in. You know, love trumps everything. If you love people and genuinely love them, life is going to be great. Life is going to be much better. I definitely believe that, and I like what he had to say. And I agree with it. I think, you know, the first thing I thought about was artists, people that are creative. They yeah. do things yeah. through things that they love. And if we could only just have that same mindset, thinking about creating things, things that we love, and just stay focused on that and, you know, let the haters do their thing. But I'm not going that way. Exactly. Me either. Me either. One other thing I want to remind everybody that I am an author. I wrote a book. It's called Love Addiction. You can get a copy of my book on my website, tracyjhines.com. Um, there's a link at the bottom of the page. It says click here and get your book. The e-reader is $3.99 and the paperback is $10.99. Get a copy. It's love poems. It tells you all different kinds of things and it gives you my intimate feelings and thoughts about love. And hopefully um, the book will reach somebody. Well, thank you for joining us this week. I hope you enjoyed. We have a Facebook page. It's called Love Talk for Everyday People. If you have questions, if you have comments, we'd love to hear from you. Please go in, make a comment. And uh, this week's show will be up on that page later in the week if, you, if anybody missed it. All right. Have a good night. Good night. And Talk don't to forget, you, you can reach us every Sunday at 7 p.m. Love Talk for Everyday People.